Welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. I'm joined today by Ejiman Okaji, the Crossanville Customer Education Regional Director at GE Africa. Welcome, Ejiman. I know you've got to, uh, you're going to share some hot topics surrounding talent in, in, in the African region today for us. Hi, Abby. Yes, I'm, I'm excited. Okay, if you could maybe just kick off and um, tell us a little bit more about your current position at GE, that would be great. So, um, Abby, I will give you just very quickly a, a bit of context about uh, Crossanville and jump into my role. So, um, <clears throat> so Crossanville is GE's corporate university, was established in 1966. Our mission essentially is to inspire, connect, and develop GE leaders of today and tomorrow. And um, our main campus is New York, and um, our, our presence is in a number of countries across the world. And um, what we essentially do is we offer our unique leadership learning experiences to employees and customers around the world. So um, given the context, my role <laughs> primarily um, is to partner with our CEOs in Africa and the commercial organization uh, to, you know, to really... Um, deliver uh, leadership experiences for strategic customers in the region. And we do this because we see education as a strategic differentiator. It makes our customers more competitively intelligent as well as GE and definitely helps us in building relationships on a strategic platform. We've seen some organizations change their approach to the leadership of Africa some opting to have more local leaders um, return accountability to the country sub-region full, and others seem to have pulled back control to the likes of Dubai or city locations in Europe. What do you see as the main trends in this area? Okay, so, so just, just to respond first of all to why this is happening, I think it's happening for different reasons. And uh, I think the main drivers primarily would be where the company is at, that they breaking into the market? Are they looking at driving economies of scale? Are they trying to optimize their costs by centralizing the operations, um, primarily HR operations in this regard, or finance operations, as the case may be? Um, are they driving automation of processes? And that might create a situation where uh, it makes more business sense to have you know, operations centralized in a place like Dubai. So that's what I see um, as core drivers especially in this very turbulent times that we're living in. Um, so what I'm seeing is it depends on the strategy, it depends on where the company is at. Um, for GE in particular, our primary focus is to have, um, I would say, um, an approach where we have the local talent sitting in continent. We believe that the intelligence and the decision-making should primarily sit in region. And we've, you know, been very, very consistent in building our talent in line with that strategy. And by the way, that also is um, a localization requirement um, in certain countries um, to make sure that you have uh, the local talent from 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 continent. So, um, but then again, we also see um, a situation where, on an operational side. It makes sense to scale. It makes sense to consolidate. So it really depends on what the organization is trying to um, achieve, what kind of target is set, whether the organization is in terms of um, its growth um, and, yeah, long-term um, strategic imperatives. That's a huge and complex continent. 
What's your advice to HR leaders who are managing Africa for the very first time? How can they quickly get a better understanding, do you think? And uh, what has been the most impactful experience you've had in being able to work effectively in Africa? Okay, <clears throat> so I, I like the first part. It's definitely huge. It's a definitely <laughs> complex continent. And, you know, in that regard, my advice would be primarily five things. Um, it's a continent, first of all, and not a country. So no one size fits all. Let's not assume that what works in Angola will work in a place like Senegal, Ghana, or Nigeria. So very different. And those differences need to be taken into consideration. And I think the second point, again, is linked to the first, which is, um, you know, with those differences come a diversity of culture, a diversity of what is seen as a relevant benefit, right? Um, you know, so that's very important to consider um, benefits and um, how to position um, the reward strategy, retention strategy, and so on. Um, I would also say that um, it's very dynamic, very sensitive to what's happening um, around the world. So um, from what we've seen in the past, it's very important for the HR leaders to be very proactive. And by proactive, um, that means understanding what is happening, what kind of triggers would affect the region or specific countries and so on. And um, I think, um, you know, the, the, the fourth point would really be around making sure, um, you know, the leader is able to build relationships with a variety of institutions. So your universities, your technical institutes, uh, working with uh, the organization leading supply chain, you know, um, because, you know, this is where we get talent from, um, from the university institutions. Technical skills is a big gap still. And, you know, making sure we are able to localize our um, manufacturing is also quite critical. And I think the last piece here in terms of advice would be, you know, making sure that there is a very consistent internal communication strategy to drive alignment in organizations so people understand what's going on, what, what was changing, and how to get ready for that. So um, that would be my advice, um, you know, making sure they really, really understand the region, travel, make sure they know um, the context, uh, knowing it's a continent, not a country. Uh, in terms of the most impactful experience that I've had, um, so I think the, the more recent one would be um, being a regional leader um, for the African Fellowship Program. It's one of our signature programs um, within my team, and this program essentially um, is focused on providing a 12-month uh, leadership experience for direct reports of CEOs in our customer organizations. And the idea behind this is to customize a program to help or facilitate commercial solutions for our customers. So it's not an off-the-shelf program. It's a program where we look at the pro problems or challenges of our customers and create uh, a program that addresses those um, challenges in general. And um, with this <laughs> program, we started this program last year. We started this program, you know, when the market was stopped, you know, the oil prices had dropped. Um, the program was reasonably priced, but again, um, you know, um, there were some challenges in trying to make sure we positioned this program, made this program um, be, be relevant given the context um, of the challenges the CEOs were facing, and also make sure we develop the right curriculum regarding the solutions we're trying to uh, facilitate. 
it involved, you know, working with different leaders across the different countries. Uh, we're, we're looking at 18 countries, 18 to 22 countries in Africa, making sure we understood the legal, legal um, issues, understood the issues with regard to, you know, what kind of problems our customers are trying to solve, making sure our messaging was right, and, you know, just making sure we had the right um, group in this inaugural mm-hmm. um, program, you know, and again, I think just to wrap up, we worked with the uh, Gordon Institute of Business um, in South Africa, also partnered with the Lagos Business School, and working with the um, senior faculty in Crotonville for this program in Africa, and very excited to say that we got off on a great start, and uh, the first class will be graduating in October of this year. So um, I think that has been <clears throat> a good example of working across different countries, across different organizations, mm. internally, externally, and so on. Lastly, is there a clear one, two, three of countries which you see as key locations for talent, Ejelant? Um <clears throat> So, I, I mean, that would be a difficult question to answer. And the reason why I'm saying so is, you know, de- defining one, two, three really dependent on what industry we're looking at, you know, what kind of competencies mm. we're trying to identify. So if I were to, if you were to ask me where would we get real deep healthcare domain expertise, I would say potentially in South Africa, Kenya. If you're looking at all services, I would talk about West Africa, Nigeria, Ghana, Angola, right? Renewables would be East Africa. If you're looking at power, Ghana, Nigeria, transportation, South Africa, and so on. So I would say that um, the biggest countries in Africa primarily is where you get the talent. Um, and, um, you know, the biggest countries, I, I mean, um, would be the biggest economies with the biggest populations and so on. And um, so, again, it depends on strategy, depends on what kind of skills you're looking at. Um, and you also find out that the, the dynamics of which countries to go to is changing even the fact that there are certain countries that were previously regarded as, um, you know, um, perhaps not the top five, now emerging as the top five, given the fact that um, they're witnessing huge phenomenal growth, and there's quite a lot happening. I mean, I'm looking at places like um, Ethiopia and so on. So it really, again, depends on what skill you're looking for, um, what the company strategy is, and so on, right, and, and what industry you're hiring. Excellent. That's really insightful, Edgerman. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, some really great insight there into the intricacies of the African continent. That was Edgerman Okaji, who is uh, Education Director for GE Africa. Thank you, Edgerman. Thank you, Abby. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, subscribe to our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.